0: you're listening to the joy junkie show podcast episode 415 you can find information on anything referenced in this episode at the joyjunkie.com/ slash love pod tour that's right this episode is a little bit different so if you want to access the show notes go to the joyjunkie.com/ junkie.com slash love pod tour all one word You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talked like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, Amy E. Smith. Hey, hey everyone. Amy here. I'm thrilled to be bringing you another episode that is going to be a part of our mini-series around believing in self. We had the awesome Mel Robbins who kicked off this mini-series with episode 413. Last week, we discussed 10 different ways that you can start bolstering and building a belief in yourself. And this week is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be talking about believing that you are are worthy of love. So the reason why this is a bit different is because it is part of a podcast tour. The tour is called How to Actually Feel Worthy in Love, and it was curated and put together by a dear friend and colleague of mine named Veronica Grant. And she asked me to participate, and the deal is, during the tour, every day for two weeks, a different episode from a variety of podcasts will be featured on how to actually feel worthy in love. So she has put together this very specific grouping of podcasts to ensure that you get tangible, actionable, BS free support. You know, I love that tangible, actionable piece to help you feel more worthy in love. Yesterday's episode was over on The Dating Den with Marnie Batista, and tomorrow's episode is going to be over on the It's Complicated podcast with Jen and Lauren. But today, the day that this lands, October 18th, it's me. So if you want to register for the entire tour and you want to get this very selected curated group of podcasts that are along for this message of believing that you are worthy in love. You can get the entire list by going to Veronicagrant.com slash pod tour. Pod tour is all one word. We will also link to that in the show notes. And again, this week's show notes are going to be a little bit different. They're going to be at thejoyjunkie.com slash Love Pod Tour. Now, if you are listening on anything other than my website, which most people are listening on a podcast platform, you can access the show notes simply by just scrolling down and looking at the information around the podcast episode. That will always give you any links that I have put into the show notes. And this week, you'll definitely want to check out the link to the pod tour so that you can get tons of other support. And I think it's also really beneficial to hear other experts and hear their particular point of view. You obviously know me. You know how I share information. But it can be so advantageous to learn from other teachers So definitely check that out. It'll again be in the show notes. So I want to start talking about this concept of believing that you are worthy of love. Now this is definitely one of those concepts that comes up a lot with my students and clients. And I really think it is synonymous with believing that we are worthy, period. There is this very common through line that I see with the majority of people that I work with. When we are just getting into the idea of letting go of disempowering beliefs, most of those disempowering beliefs sound something like, I'm not deserving of love. I'm not lovable. I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Everybody has sort of their own semantics that feel more resonant and ring true for them. But I've definitely heard this idea of, I don't I don't know if I even deserve love. And I think that comes from a lot of different places, but we're going to dig into that. I've got five major concepts that we're going to be covering today. We're going to be looking at what believing you are worthy of love is not, right? Like some of the fallacies that we get caught up in of like, oh, I will be worthy of love if... We're going to also talk about what believing you are worthy of love is, like what is the secret? We're also going to talk about what thwarts that belief, like what gets in our way? What are those stumbling blocks? What are the things that, that tend to impede our genuine belief that we are worthy of love? We are also going to be looking at why is this belief so damaging to us? What are the implications, the ramifications of having a belief like this? And then finally, we're going to look at what do we actually do about it? How can we start changing that belief? So I want everybody to really stick around with this because it does not necessarily have to be about being worthy of intimate partnership. Now, of course, that is going to be a place where it shows up. But a lot of this is formulated and embedded in our subconscious mind through the way we experienced love from our primary caregivers, from our family of origin. So there may be ways in which you don't believe that you're worthy of love with your friends, with your family members. It could even show up in your workplace if somebody gives you a compliment or tells you that you did an amazing job and you have a really difficult time absorbing that. There could be something around like, I'm not deserving of adoration. I'm not deserving of those accolades and compliments. So... Keep an open mind, this doesn't necessarily have to be only for people who are looking to manifest a a deep, rich, soulmate connection in their life. It can be genuinely for anyone who struggles with a lack of concrete worthiness, a belief that we are worthy. So let's start talking about this belief around worthiness, being worthy of love, what it is not, okay? Okay. Believing that you're worthy does not come from approval and adoration from other people. It is not external. And that can be one of the ways that we try to get this belief. We go, okay, if enough people tell me that I'm worthy or that I'm beautiful or that I'm competent or that I'm great in bed or whatever, then I must be worthy of love. That can be, that can really lead to some disordered patterns in relationship. Now, it's also not simply being partnered. This may be the case for you. You may know people in your life like this who feel as though they are not valuable unless they are in some kind of partnership. I need to be presenting like I'm loved and you know that comes from a lot of a lot of messaging from our society that there's a lot of value in being partnered and in my personal opinion i think a lot of that stems from religion and this idea that being married and being partnered is the the end all be all adam and eve scenario so being partnered does not Instantly give you that belief, oh yeah, I'm for sure worthy of love. That's why I think a lot of people can be stay, they they will stay in relationships that do not serve them or that are wildly unhealthy, unfulfilling. But the idea of being in a union. Is so appealing and so attractive in our society that we go, no, 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 I have to stay here. There's got to be a reason why I'm lovable. And here's a vehicle for that love, even if you are incredibly lonely and unhappy. And I think this can also be really problematic in relationships where perhaps you have a partner who genuinely does love you and genuinely wants to partner with you and wants to be there with you and wants to be vulnerable with you. But because you have this deep-seated belief that you are not worthy of love, you don't allow that vulnerability, which is directly related to intimacy. So if you struggle with intimacy in friendships or with a partnership, there may be some place to look of like, do I believe at my core that I'm deserving of this love from this other person? Because that's oftentimes when we'll start to creep in with that self, self-sabotage. self All right. Believing that you're worthy is also not simply reading and consuming how to be loved, how to be partnered, uh, reading books doing programs, listening to podcasts, even things like this. Just listening to this might give you some aha moments, but consuming is not going to magically change your belief, all right? What it is also not is it's not a place where we arrive. I'm sure you've heard the quote that love is a verb it's an action it's not something that we get and then we're just done <laughs> like this constant struggle to get that love that sort of hamster wheel of like if they love me if they love me if they love me and you you were trying to get to this final destination it's not a final destination it's an act It's a part of engaging in relationship. And I would say largely it's engaging with a relationship with yourself, knowing that whether or not I get approval, whether or not I am partnered, whether or not I read about it or not, I am worthy of love, period. And believing that you are worthy in love is also not easy. For many of us, we have decades of trauma that is stacked upon more trauma and failed relationships that leave us wondering if there's something wrong with us or disordered relationships with our family who conveyed that love looked a specific way that was ultimately really unhealthy. It's not necessarily easy to just believe that you are lovable. It is simple, but it can be very, very hard. It's not a complex concept, but it's definitely not easy. So I say that because I think many times if you are cruising through Instagram or Facebook, and I know this is something that Veronica Grant, who put this podcast tour together, really felt strongly about is that there's a way that self-help really gets it wrong where we say, like, just believe that you're worthy of love. Like, it's this magic, easy thing to do. It's simple, but it is not easy to navigate through all of the, the decades of trauma to reckon with our own grief. So I want you to know that even though we're talking about something that's a simple concept, I don't at all discount that it might take years and years and years to unpack and unlearn the messaging that you received around what constitutes worthiness in love. So let's talk about what believing you are worthy of love is. What is it? I said it was simple. It is simple. It is simply a concrete belief. It is an internal knowing. In fact, when we look at the dictionary definition of what a belief actually is, it is a feeling of certainty. It's an intuitive feeling of certainty. So when we say I believe that I'm worthy of love, it's saying I am certain, I have this emotional certainty that I am worthy of love. Now that can't come through any of those methods that I just spouted off like other people telling us or just because we're in a partnership or whatever else it is. The action of believing you are worthy in love, is nurturing that belief over and over and over again. And we're going to talk about, well, okay, I get it. I just need – it's a decision. It's quite simply just a decision. There are a lot of things like that in personal development that are kind of uh, summed up like this. A reckoning where you're kind of fighting, you're kind of battling – Then you go through a phase of making a concrete decision, and then the the final piece is just living into the decision, conditioning the decision. For example, with forgiveness. Forgiveness for other people starts with reckoning, right? It starts with this idea of, can I move beyond this incident, Do I need to grieve this? Are there emotions that are involved? Then we move into the decision piece. I choose to forgive myself for this indiscretion. I choose to forgive my parents for the things that they did to me or the the way that they raised me. A clear-cut decision. And then finally, this is the piece that I think people don't quite realize, It's the conditioning of the belief. It's the way that we live into that belief. And that looks like monitoring our behavior, who we're surrounded with, and our self-talk. So when I talk about we're believing, we're making this choice, that I am worthy of love. In fact, there's a great quote by Dr. Wayne Dyer that says, self-worth comes from one thing, thinking that you are worthy. And I would kind of substitute the word believing in that quote. Believing you are worthy in love comes from one thing, believing that you are worthy. And that starts with a clear-cut decision. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean that you magically believe it and everything else in your life is going to change. But it's a clear-cut decision of this is the the direction I'm going to go because it sure as fuck is not working to stay in this place of not being lovable. So let's talk about what gets in our way a little bit. So you can start examining a handful of these things and see if there are ways that you've been amplifying these barriers. Okay. So, what thwarts the, our belief that we are lovable? Well, first off, our experiences of love as a child. The deal with that is we have, we do not develop the critical factor of the mind, essentially the inner critic, but also that piece of us that is really trying to discern what makes sense or not, critical thinking. We don't develop that until around the age of eight, which means that we are highly suggestible, meaning that whatever we are around, the messages that we receive, the things that we see mirrored back to us or modeled for us, those things become very true. So if there is something that is modeled for you from a parent, let's say that you see your mom depict that worthiness of love is 100% contingent on your outward appearance or your weight, and you develop this belief, which of course you would because you're highly suggestible, this belief that I'm only as valuable as my outward appearance And I must control this in order to be lovable. We may also have messaging that comes from religion or from specific cultural notions that tell us that here's what constitutes somebody being deserving of love. Maybe they do these specific actions. I know for... For myself, growing up with a lot of purity culture, very toxic purity culture, it was here's what a woman is supposed to be. And if you deviate from any of that, of course you don't deserve love. And furthermore, you deserve the the shit that happens to you. You asked for it, right? So start thinking about that. Are there ways in which you had no control over The messages that you received about what allows somebody to be lovable or not. And I mean, our society really doesn't do us very many favors. How often movies, television shows, media impact what we deem worthy of love. And there are so many people that are outside, a majority of us are outside of that social construct, of that notion of here's who you need to be. You need to be beautiful and thin and successful and well-spoken, but sexy, but not too sexy. And, you know, all of these things. And, I mean, if we're being honest, we're also saying, and you should probably be straight, and you should probably be white, and you should be, you know, no disabilities, right? Like we we really do – As a society, with the messages that we have in our media, we kind of say, hey, this is desirable. These things are desirable. These things are not. And I'm definitely not saying that there's no hope or anything like that. I think it's just really important to be vigilant about what are we consuming that is arresting our belief That we are worthy of love. We talked about this a little bit last week too. That we have the control over what we're consuming in social media, or even how much we're on social media, the accounts that we follow. I very, very deliberately follow body positive movements, and I don't, uh, and body positive accounts, uh, and activist accounts, and things like that that are fueling my mind with the messages I want to receive about marginalized identities, and all of us really mattering and being important and having value even if we have been a part of a society that tells us otherwise. And obviously, I'm speaking to that as a white, cisgendered, pansexual woman that is in a straight assuming relationship, right? Like I can very much get away with <laughs> a straight privilege because I'm in what appears to be a straight relationship, even though I don't identify that way. So we all have these varying levels of privilege that we have to kind of contend with, but it doesn't mean that we're without all of that systemic messaging about who deserves love. So what we can do is we can watch what we're consuming. We can be really intentional about what we're putting into our minds. Look at your media. Are they representing diverse groups? Are you watching things like The Bachelor that notoriously do not represent marginalized identities at all? Are you watching stuff like that around, oh, gosh, this is what love is truly about, right? Fuck no, it's not. <laughs> so keep in mind, are there things there that maybe I can make a, a, a little shift in the algorithm, Take a little bit of control around that. Obviously, we cannot control how we were raised or the messages we received when we were children. We can't change that. But we can shed some light on it and call bullshit on it. Like, hey, you know, the the way I have now around religious trauma. Like, no, that was bullshit. That was not right. Even if there were pure intentions specifically from my parents It doesn't mean that there wasn't massive trauma incurred on my behalf. So giving that some credence, okay? Another thing that can really get in the way of believing that we are worthy of love is our past relationship experiences. Sometimes, again, that cyclical way in which our families taught us about love now manifests itself in our dating life in what we tolerate or accept from various partners. So looking back, can you see if there were any past relationships that further cemented a belief that you were not lovable? Oftentimes we are trying to heal the mother wound or the father wound through our relationships, sometimes even platonic relationships, or through our bosses persons of authority. If I can attain love or adoration from these persons of authority, then maybe I am lovable. Maybe I am worthy of love. So start thinking about have there been maybe ex-partners, marriages, where that person really helped embed and cement this notion that you weren't lovable. Maybe they even told you that verbatim Which is incredibly emotionally abusive, by the way. And regardless of what somebody else's truth may have been, that does not have to be true for you. Just because somebody in your past maybe told you or through actions really amplified this notion that you're not lovable does not mean it's true. It does not mean that it is true. Before we go too much further, I wanted to take a quick moment to give a shout out to our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Shocker, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I have a personal motto that if you think you don't need therapy, you probably need therapy. Because without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is genuinely hard. The good news is therapy actually really does work. But what is it exactly? Well, it can truly be whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling super motivated right now hello, who among us, right? And maybe you want some tools to help or maybe you're feeling insecure in your relationships or in your workplace or maybe you're just not dealing with stress very well. Whatever it is that you need, it is time to stop being so ashamed of normal human struggles. It's time that you feel better because you deserve to be genuinely happy. And now you don't really have to worry about finding an in-person therapist that's near you or in your town because BetterHelp Is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to even see anyone. On camera, if you don't want to, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people, y'all, it's been over 2 million people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. As I mentioned, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Joy Junkie Show podcast listeners get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com/slash The Joy Junkie. That is BetterHelp.com/slash The Joy Junkie. Now let's jump back into the show. So let's talk about why this is so damaging. And then I promise we are going to pick this shit up and we are going to talk about what the fuck we can actually do about it. But here's why I think this is really important to unpack. Because when we have these beliefs that have been embedded into the subconscious part of our mind, we carry that shit with us continuously through the rest of our life unless we decide To unpack it, unless we decide to make a change, the way that the mind works, the way that the brain works is if we don't contest any of these beliefs that we've adopted, they will simply remain true. And then what they do is they create this self-perpetuating cycle. So perhaps we started off with a family that nurtured this idea that you're not lovable unless you lurk a specific way or unless you attain a specific amount of achievements in school or whatnot, whatever it might have been for you. We get these messages about here's what makes us lovable then as we continue on through our high school years and then in our early adulthood and then through our like 30s and 40s, we continue to behave as though we are searching for that that belief that we are not lovable unless we attain these certain things, right? We keep living into that unless we change it. So what does that lead to? That affects All of our relationships. That is why people will oftentimes say, I attract the same type of partner. Or I keep getting into the same goddamn relationship. It's because it is rooted in a deep-seated belief that is disempowering. That isn't around, I am innately lovable. I am worthy. I am valuable. Period. Messiness and all. You know, not flawless, imperfect, and all. I'm still worthy of love, period. So what that leads to then sometimes is accepting scraps, accepting really poor behavior from a partnership, or tolerating stuff in a relationship that you do not deserve. But because you question what you deserve, you allow it. And maybe you even search out scraps because you think that that is all that you are valuable for. You may even beg for them. And again, I want to reiterate that, of course, of course, like you've never been taught anything different. All of those things that we do, we don't do that for the fuck of it. We do it because we learned from an early age, this is how you stay safe. And then you get to this point in your life where you go, I cannot keep doing this anymore. I cannot keep searching for approval outside of myself or hoping and trying to force somebody to love me and keep feeling lonely and isolated and ultimately unhappy. And this disempowering belief is damaging to us because it affects our confidence. It's not only in our interpersonal relationships, but sometimes it's in our workplace, right? It's not just intimate. Sometimes it's our friendships. It's our family. It's our lack of ability to speak up because we go, I just maybe don't matter as much as the next person. All right. So we are pretty clear on what it is, what it is not what gets in the way, and then why it's so damaging to us. Again, that cycle is going to continue. It'll continue in your partnerships. It will continue in your workplace relationships. It'll continue in your friendships. That is why this is so important to start dismantling and changing and actually adopting this belief that you really, truly are lovable. So let's talk about how to actually start changing that belief. Now, this is something that is the real nucleus of the work that I do in this world. It is the primary focus of what we work on in my signature program, Deep Down and Dirty. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it before. This program is something that I've curated many, many years ago and continue to update. And what I see from most people is they come to the program believing that they're not worthy. Here's the deal. Like, you already are, right? That's my belief. It's that that Wayne Dyer quote of like, it comes from one place, just fucking believing in it, just thinking that you are worthy. Nobody bestows it on you, it, even me, like even me telling you, you are already fucking worthy. That's not going to change a goddamn thing unless you believe it. And there are ways to do that, to actually start shifting the neural pathways in the brain that have told you for so long that you're broken and you're damaged and you're too messy and you're too needy and nobody likes you or you have to be the class clown or you have to be so thin or you have to achieve all of these things, whatever the narrative has been, that is a well-worn pathway in the brain. And that is why it registers people-pleasing, perfectionism, self-doubt as safe because it's familiar. It knows that because you've conditioned that for decades. It's not necessarily because it's true. You get to decide if you want to change that truth. That is 100% in your power. However, nobody fucking teaches you how to change your beliefs. Which is where I come in, my friends. <laughs> I get really heated about this because I think, you know, we we go through such a litany of of academia and education about trigonometry and bullshit that we will never use. But nobody teaches you how to actually shift your beliefs or how to contend with fear or how to stop talking shit to yourself. Like, or <laughs> how to invest in your finances or you know do your taxes like there's so many more real world things that we need growing up and learning in school that we don't get and and i really think belief in ourselves is majorly one of them now there are some outlying schools that that really are starting to promote this sort of a thing which i think is fantastic But I think our lives would be completely different if we were taught this from from an early age. Taught agency over our own belief system. All right. So let's talk about how to start changing this. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, I need way more support around this, I I, I just don't even know – where to start and how to start dismantling it, it's likely that you really need somebody in your corner. So if you're interested in Deep Down and Dirty and the work that I do, that program, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop and that is your first place to start. I've put together a completely complimentary workshop for you. It highlights the work that we do. It talks about why just consuming all of these podcasts might not make a difference, There's a very real reason for that. I dig into the conscious versus the subconscious mind and how we can start altering that to really truly believe that we are enough. And at the very end of that workshop, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team where you can talk about what you've been contending with, what you've been up against maybe some of your family of origin stuff and where you wanna go and if Deep Down and Dirty is the right next step for you. And then you can discuss what that looks like, what the investment is like and all of those things. But your first item of business is to check out that workshop. And again, that's the slash workshop. And that will also be in the show notes page for you as well. Okay, the first thing that you've got to start doing when you're going to start changing this belief, and I talked about this a bit earlier, is a clear decision. Now, the decision to believe something does not mean you believe it already. <laughs> it just means you're committed to it. So think about if you decided, I'm going to learn a new language. It doesn't mean when you make that decision, you magically have learned the new language. Of course not. It just means you are committed to, to attaining that skill. The same is true for making a clear decision about the belief that you want to attach to. It's saying, I'm committed to learning how to believe this about myself. It's a clear-cut decision. So separate that notion that you just have to magically believe it. That's not going to be the case. In fact, we go through a bunch of different ways that we condition that. In Deep Down and Dirty, there's a huge uh, hypnosis element that, that we use to help infiltrate and kind of permeate the subconscious faculty of the mind to start altering what you actually believe about yourself. But this first item of business is going to be to decide what it is. Is it I am worthy of love? Is it the belief that I am lovable? Is it the belief that I am enough as I am? Is it a belief of I am worthy no matter how messy I am? (laughs) You know? Nail it down. Write it out. Decide that this is the belief that you want to believe. Really all that this needs to be is a statement, a belief that you want to believe, if it's just this notion of like, wow, that would be really pretty fucking amazing if I actually believed that, fine. That's exactly where you need to be, okay? But we need to make that clear-cut decision that I am going to cultivate this belief. Maybe not immediately, maybe not right now, but I'm committed to it. And then I want you to take an inventory or create a list of all of the things That really do help you nurture this belief. And also all of the things that do not help. Now there's a couple of places you want to look here. Behaviors, your environment, and your self-talk. Those places, like who are the people who I hang out with? Do they help me nurture that belief? What are the behaviors that I do? Am I watching a bunch of things on social media that make me feel like shit and feel like I'm not lovable or deserving of love? Am I saying shit to myself all the time about that's not possible for you or your damaged goods or you know? start looking around at who am I surrounding myself, what are my behaviors, and how am I speaking to myself? Do those things condition the belief or do they condition a belief that I'm not lovable? All right. Another thing that you can do, this is sort of a hypnosis hack, is you can start using the subconscious mind to your benefit. And you can do this very easily both morning and night. When we are either going to sleep or waking up, We pass through a brainwave state that is called a theta brainwave state. Now, when we're completely asleep, we're in delta. And then when we're totally awake, we're in a handful of other brainwave states. But that theta brainwave state is key. It's right in between awake and asleep. And the reason why that hypnotic brainwave state is so important is because the critical factor of the mind, that little inner critic that's telling you why you're not lovable or why this is bullshit or why this is not going to work, goes to sleep. It's much more docile. It's almost like this uh, little guard dog that usually stands and guards your subconscious mind. It goes to sleep when your mind is in that brainwave state or your brain is in that brainwave state. And we naturally go into this hypnotic trance as we're falling asleep and as we're waking up. It's kind of that groggy place. So the reason why this is so important is that place, that little middle ground between awake and asleep, we are highly suggestible. Remember when I was telling you we're super suggestible when we're young because our critical factor of the mind hasn't developed yet till around the age of eight? That's what's happening when we are in that in-between place, the critical factor kind of goes to sleep. So we can take concepts or beliefs that we want to adopt and they have much better access to the subconscious. You can kind of note this place or what it kind of feels like if, and I'm sure you have all experienced this, where you are so delirious because you're so tired, you're like running on fumes and... You're kind of like, did I just say – I can't remember if I said that out loud or not. You're in sort of this hypnotic trance. You're trying to stay awake, (laughs) but your body is going to sleep. So when you feel that place and and the more I've paid attention to it, the more I notice it as I'm going to sleep in particular, I can feel – that in-between place. And I've worked with various clients too who are like, I can feel when I'm there. And it's really, really cool. That is a perfect time to tell yourself your new belief of I am lovable or I am deserving of love now, you can always use a little disclaimer of even though this feels a little awkward or even though this is a little challenging for me at the moment, I believe that I'm worthy. So you can add the disclaimer if you need to or not. But I find that sometimes when I'm in that that nice hypnotic state, my inner critic is gone, is asleep. So it's not. I'm not getting nearly the amount of kickback that I might get. In my waking conscious state you can do it also as you are waking up you know that feeling where you're just not quite fully awake yet as you're just kind of opening your eyes have a a little card or something near you where you can see your new belief and repeat it right then as many times as you can It's the perfect place where your brain and your mind is naturally primed to be receptive and suggestible to the beliefs that you want to attach to. I also want you to think about being the person that you want to attract. Sometimes if we think about, okay, how can I start changing this belief? I really want to believe that I'm lovable. I want to believe that I'm deserving of love. Well, what would I want in somebody else? Would I want somebody who didn't see their own value or who was constantly trying to people-please or be perfect in order to garner love and adoration? Or would I want somebody who really is confident and believes in their own self-worth and who loves themselves as much as I love them? I think a lot of times when we are looking for love, We think about how can I get something from that person to make me feel better? How can I get these things from them? Instead of thinking about who do I want to be to attract that? How can I be the person that I want to attract? And what that creates is an identity of wholeness. Instead of feeling like I'll be whole – when I'm partnered, right? When somebody loves me, then I'll be valuable. In fact, Mr. Smith and I had this really incredible moment when we did our vow renewal ceremony for our 10-year wedding anniversary. So this was 12 years ago. We did a vow renewal ceremony and it was so awesome and we did not review like our vows or what we were saying with one another. And we both said, I love that you love who you are outside of this marriage, that your entire identity is not wrapped up in being a wife or being a husband, that you don't need me, you want me. And that is an incredibly powerful place to create a relationship from. Do I love my husband with everything in me? Absolutely. And I'm more than a wife. I'm more than this partnership. There are so many more things to the woman that I am besides the fact that Mr. Smith loves me. We are way too diverse as humans to throw all of our identity into just one role in our life. We are so, so much more. And we get to relish that part too. I get to relish the love with him. It doesn't mean that celebrating my love with him It is damaging to my self-esteem in any way. I just know that whether or not that man loves me, I'm still deserving of love. Fucking period. Period. And I really want the same for you as well. So I want you to start thinking about what are these action steps that I can start taking. At least get a clear definition, a decision about the belief that you want to attach to. Start taking that inventory. What are the things that will help me bolster this belief? What are the things that get in my way? How can I eliminate those, scale down on those things? And then how do I really own and step into being the person that I want to attract? There were a bunch of other tips and tools and things where I talked last week about how your environment, your behaviors. And I gave a lot of specifics around those, how those things can really inform, uh, sort of supporting your belief or talk you out of your belief. So we want to set you up for success as best as possible. So make sure that you check out last week's episode as well. I'm hoping that that has been helpful for you and that there have been some little aha moments and things that. You can really give some thought to and start creating some change. Next week, I'm super pumped to have Sarah Jane Case on the show where she's going to talk about the Enneagram and how using the Enneagram, what it is, how to even know how to implement it in your life. She's going to be talking about how that relates to believing in ourselves and we'll give a rundown of all of the various different types on the Enneagram, so you're not going to want to miss that. I am so grateful to you for listening in to today's episode. Again, it's a part of a really awesome podcast tour created by Veronica Grant where you can listen to a bunch of different episodes over a two-week time span 10 different podcasts that are all talking about this topic of being worthy in love with some tangible, actionable steps that you can take. If you want to get in on the tour and hear about all the other episodes, go to veronicagrant.com slash pod tour, all one word. And I will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.